Good morning, Aurora. I am Brenda Rogers, candidate for Kane County Recorder of Deeds. As your next Recorder of Deeds, I will protect our taxpayers' investment, bring awareness to the position, and do outreach to our residents and veterans. I am asking for your vote during early voting, mail-in ballot, or on November 3rd. Vote for Brenda Rogers, Kane County Recorder of Deeds, paid for by Citizens for Brenda Rogers. Accountability in government is not a nice-to-have, it's a must-have. That's why I'm voting for Tracy Miller for Kane County Board, District 4. As a mother and businesswoman, she understands the middle class. She's fighting to keep property taxes from going up and to keep us, the citizens, informed of what's taking place. I want a voice in county government that listens to me. That's why I'm voting Tracy Miller on November 3rd for Kane County Board, District 4. Paid for by Friends of Tracy Miller. Yeah, but one thing I like about our, our police department is that every time... Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews, Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Protests and stuff for the thing. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. It is Thursday, the 29th. This is a good interview. We were already just talking, talking it out, just chopping it up already. We have our brother, we have Mr. Anthony Ortiz, Anthony for Elgin, on the show today. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. This part isn't being shown yet. We're doing the news and the weather and everything. <laughs> We've been talking nonstop since we got here. We got a great interview for you guys today. Uh, we're going to talk a lot uh, about all things Elgin, a few things King County when we get to that part. But we have news and updates for you guys as well. So let's get into that. First things first, dollar holiday photos at curated displays will be offered at a few downtown locations on November 21st. November 28th and December 5th, professional photographers will socially distance and wear masks and photos are first come, first served, and will be available for download. Find more information and updated location details at auroradowntown.org. The Cofield Crawl will be without the crawl this year due to COVID-19. That's unfortunate. Instead, 2020 Cocoa Crawl mugs will be sold starting on November 6th along with hot cocoa recipe cards and more at select downtown businesses. So this isn't just no Swiss miss. This is the real deal, the real deal. Uh, visit auroradowntown.org for more details on that as well. Luigi's Pizza hosting trick-or-treating on October 31st from 4 to 6 p.m. Luigi's is located at 732 Prairie Street in Aurora. The public is invited and parking and admission is free. Goodie bags with treats, Coupons and discounts will also be handed out. Shout out to Luigi's Pizza. Please go there and donate and fundraise with them if you can. And there was also a very cool, I want to say hi to Paparazzi Creations and the Veterans Council and a bunch of other groups. Jen Ingram Art, they were out there in the parking lot of Luigi's doing some things. Vendor show and fundraiser. Uh, barbecue on the side. Good times, good times, good times. Uh, First Fridays on November 6th will offer something for everyone as the event is complete with virtual, crowd-free, and small in-person events to celebrate Day of the Dead. Shops along Broadway will display ofrendas or altars outside of their businesses. Look for Sugar Skull City artwork and more. Full details are at auroradowntown.org or auroradowntown on Facebook. And you guys have seen all the artwork taking place on the windows. It's great. It's beautiful. Uh, the skulls, artistic, uh, morbid, sure, but highly artistic. And I think that that definitely uh, makes up for the morbidity of the skulls all over your city downtown. Serendipity Resale Shop is opening uh, on November 16th with hours from 10 to 5. 
And again, they came from downtown Naperville after 50 years, and now they're located in the Marketplace Strip Mall on 59 and 75th Street. And the city of Aurora had the naming ceremony on Monday for Mr. George Rayford of the new Community Baptist Church. Shout out to him. And today is the next session of the Change Initiative Sessions uh, at Impact Church, 4054 Fox Valley Center. And the next will be November the 5th, Society 57, 100 South River Street. Each 90-minute listening session begins at 6 p.m. with the mayor, city officials, Chief Irvin, or excuse me, oh, Chief Irvin, my bad, Mayor. <laughs> Chief Irvin, uh, Chief Zeman, and Deputy Chief Keith Cross and other city officials. Uh, the sessions since the 15th of this month have been conducted with full Spanish translations, and those will continue. Uh, for more information, you can go to auroratechil.org slash change to register, and you have to register. You cannot just show up. Okay. Now, the city of Aurora is in mitigation. So being in mitigation, there are and there have been reductions to what we could do. Bars have to be down 25%. There's no indoor dining. Uh, the casino closes at 11 o'clock p.m. So all you gamblers, I know you're mad about that. You got to go home. Uh, the superintendents of West Aurora and East Aurora schools and the principal of Hope B. Wall School hosted donors to and supporters of the incredible new playground at Hopi Wall School during a ribbon cutting ceremony for the new inclusive space. The former wooden playground was built in 1993 by parents, community volunteers, and staff members. Over the years, the wood aged and it became a challenge for the students to use all parts of the playground. In addition, the wood chips used as a surface made it difficult for wheelchairs to navigate the area. Uh, but now, donors included both school district, the Fox Valley, Fox Valley Park District, and local businesses and organizations. The city donated $100,000 to the project, and we've got new ramps, wheelchair swings, and many more amenities that will allow all students at Hope P. Wall to enjoy it. So that's a very positive initiative. Shout out, education, you know. I know it's e-learning status, but you can't e-play. Ooh, not like that, e-play. <laughs> All right, and I think that that is uh, all for the news, all for the news. So now we're going to get into our interview with our friend, Mr. Ortiz. Good to see you, sir. How's it going, man? It's going good. It's going good. Good to have you here. Good to have you. All right. So um, we're going to start off. We're going to learn all about the city council and talk about many different things. Uh, but let the viewers know who you are and where you're from. So, uh I'm Anthony Ortiz. I'm running for Elgin City Council in the 2021 election coming up in April. I've been active in Elgin for the past two and a half years. Uh, before that, I grew up in Elgin, the, uh, a little between the west side and east side. I really solidified like, my childhood over on Meyer Street, which is like the west side of Elgin behind the uh, Elgin Mall. Uh, I went to Gifford, Abbott, went to Larson for like two weeks and then moved back to the west side. Uh, graduated from Larkin High School. After high school, I was a mechanic for about a year. Realized like, man, mechanic work's not for me. You hit my knuckles too much, <laughs> go home with oil, and I was like, I'm gonna join the Marines, which I, I, think, I think it was a very good experience. It showed me a lot of, taught me a lot of leadership traits, how to take accountability for my own actions, how to, how to supervise others. And while I was in the Marines, I was uh, stationed over in California beautiful weather beautiful weather All i love that i love, yeah. <laughs> I love that place man and uh i in 2010 the fall of 2010 no yeah the fall of 2010 we deployed to sing in afghanistan for a combat deployment we came back in april of 2011 so it was like what six seven months we were there and during that time it was it was a very interesting experience for me being a 20 year old man and I'm like there's some things that you never thought at being 20 years old you'd ever see or do in at that age right and uh, I, I thought I thought uh, it made me it humbled me a lot it made me not take like the little grains of salt and like butter me up or make me salty like it uh, it kept me nice and smooth and like like at work people get stressed out over simple things and I'm like just relax Right. And some people tell them to relax, they get more mad. And I'm like, I'm not telling you this because I want you to 
like take it a certain way. I'm just telling you, like, man, there's, there's people have bigger problems in life than us filing a paper wrong in court or yeah, the fax machine. Yeah, yeah, the fax or yeah. something getting jammed up. Like, just get worked out. Everything is fixable. The only everything is fixable. Right. And uh, that's, how, that's how I've been living since then. And uh, so I'm running for city council now. Oh, sorry. College. I almost, <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot Probably about. Yeah, I almost forgot about the, about, about the education. So uh, in high school, uh, I never really thought I would ever make it to college. One, my family would. I knew my family wouldn't be able to afford it. Right. Um, and school wasn't really my thing. I, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. School was. I. I think I barely graduated. I graduated on time with my class like I was supposed to. I think you need forty. If I remember right, you need 40 credits to graduate, and I had exactly 40. So they give you like nine or 10 times to fill a class. Mm-hmm. But I started to do summer school for a few of the classes that I di- didn't pass to make up for those for those required credits. And after after the guy of the Marines, I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I'm like, because you're so uh, routine. Like they tell you to do this and do that and do this at a certain time. And then when I got out, I'm like, oh man, it's like no, I got nobody telling me what to do. So right. I got to figure it out on my own. So I started going to Elgin Community College. I went there for a year and a half, two years. Then after that, I'm like, well, it's time to go to university. So I started applying. I applied for, uh, I think it was U of I, down in Champaign. I applied for Loyola. Never thought I was ever going to get to Loyola. Never thought I was going to get to that place. And then a a couple weeks later, I got an email back from Loyola saying I was a Accepted. I'm like, what? I'm like, man, they must have got the wrong address. <laughs> they must have put the wrong email address in there. And I'm reading it. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, man. I guess, I guess, uh, working hard actually go to schools and institutions that me as a teenager going through high school never thought I'd be able to do. So I ended up going to Loyola, graduated there with a bachelor's in criminal justice and criminology. And after that, I could see my education over in DePaul, right, like, kind of down the street. Yeah. Uh, for my paralegal and since then I've been uh, working over at the King County uh, State's Attorney's Office. Very cool. Um, growing up, what impact did your mom have in your life? Uh, so I, grew, I lived with my mom until seventh, the middle of seventh grade and then I moved in with my dad. So my entire cause childhood, cause once you get in seventh grade you're I'm pretty much a teenager. You think right. you're grown. You think you know everything. So right. growing up, you're smart. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, it was me, my mom, my brother, and my sister, mm-hmm. and uh, we all have different dads. And uh, I, my mom was a single lady, and uh, she she always tried to do everything she could to make sure we had what we had. Right. And my my dad was there to help. And he did like, if she needed money, whatever, she'll call him and he'll help her. And uh, same thing with, with my other siblings. Well, I'm the youngest, so I guess you could say my older brother and sister. Yeah. I'd probably get mad if I told call them my sister. <laughs> like, hey, man, you're the youngest. <laughs> but yeah, she, she was very influential because she showed that like, you could do whatever you want and she'll always support you. Like, you can get in trouble or she'll be there. You could do good stuff, she'll be there. So that's what I do with my daughter. Like, I treat my daughter the way she treated us with authority, but love before authority. Like you right. gotta explain to them like why, like I'll go like, Ava, what are you doing? And, and she'll tell me like, all right, why did you do this? Like there had to be a reason in her five-year-old head of why she should do that. Right. And I have to explain to her like, oh, man, you can't do that girl. You have to do it like this, or don't do this because it's it's not nice. Somebody might might take it a certain way. Because if I took it, took it like, a, like something bad, like a bad deed or a bad, action that somebody else is gonna take it the same way but you can't do that right I'm like I'm a reflection of you so whatever I do reflects you like oh look Ava's dad's doing this and Ava's a reflection of me and her mom right so if she does something bad like hey man what, what is she learning at home how are her parents raising her so I, I try to instill her like we mirror each other right. so if I do something good it looks good for her if she does something good it looks good for us and that's how we build our family because if they're like alright the Ortiz family someone has a lockdown then it seems like we're good off. Yeah. We have a, have a little bit of a step up. Um, so what was it like going from, you know, the uh, west side of uh, Elgin to now you're a paralegal? That's what you were doing yeah. after college? Yes. What was that? What was it like being a paralegal? It's, uh, 
So when I first went to college, I wanted to be a cop while going to ECC, right? So I was taking a lot of like policing classes. And then halfway through, a lot of the cops at ECC over at Elgin Community College, or a lot of the cops, a lot of the professors are either still active officers or the retired officers now teaching those classes. So they kind of like instill in you like, hey, cops the best job, like trying to push you that way. So, right. they, so they can recruit back into their profession. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, quite cop would be a really good job. So then I went to Loyola and did an internship over at the sheriff's office, which gave me the whole experience of being the cop. King County Sheriff? Yes, okay. the King County Sheriff's office. And I'm like, oh man, yeah, I can't do this. Like, mm. the, like these guys, these guys uh, go out there and they do what they do and, and I thank them for it. But it's not me. I can't sit in a car and drive around town all day, bending blocks and hitting corners all day. Right. I want to be a little bit more, I'm a little bit more active. I'll get, I'll get bored. And I don't want to apply to be a cop, get selected, do the job and then quit. And then somebody behind me doesn't get picked and they actually wanted the job and I took it from them. So I, I, I went away from that career to give somebody the opportunity because I would have taken their opportunity so they could be the cop. And not been 100% invested. Yep. And not not, even, not, yeah, that's one thing is uh, if I'm not 100% vested into what I'm doing or want to do, I won't do it. Even if I'm 99%, I have that one little hair or that one little itch like, I don't know, Anthony, we really jump off the bridge for this, for this career or this whatever it is. And if I say no, I won't do it. I have to be all the way in. Like with the city council thing, I'm all the way in. I think that I really want to do this because I know and I feel I could make a difference within the city. So after uh, I realized I don't want to be a cop, I'm like, I'm going to go to law school. So I, I did like the, started like branching off into the legal part of my, of my uh, degree. And I went to got paralegal and I work in the state's attorney's office. And when I got there, I'm like, I still want to be a lawyer, but maybe not right now. King County State's Attorney's, yeah, okay. State's Attorney's right. Office. Yeah, King County State's Attorney's Office. So I love my job because I get to work with all my attorneys. I, I, I go I oversee six, seven courtrooms. So it's Elgin, Aurora, uh, Kane Branch Court, which is on Randall Road next to the circuit clerk's office, uh, JJC, which is the Juvenile Justice Center, uh, Civil, Abuse and Neglect, and the CAC, which is the Child Advocacy Center. So I have like a, I get like a, a why from misdemeanors and traffic all the way to kids getting in trouble, to kids getting neglected, to uh, kids getting sexually abused. So I see all the, all the aspects and I'm like, this, my job is cool. Like if I was an attorney, I'd only be assigned to one division or one aspect of, of practicing law. But with my job, I'm able to learn everything and experience everything so I have a better range and uh, understanding of how certain things work. Um, if that answers the question. I, don't, I think I'm on that tangent a little bit. That was it. Oh, that was totally. <laughs> but hey, no, I'm with it. I'm brother. I'm right there with you. This is the car. The car of tangents. Um, overseeing all of those departments. They are departments, right? Or are they, is that the Well, right they group them all up, but they call them like the branch courts. Because okay. they're all courtrooms outside of the main building, like okay. the main judicial center. Right. Those are like, I guess you could say like satellite offices or satellite courtrooms. I gotcha. Um, are there any common threads among them all? Um, I don't know. Like, like what do you mean? Uh, is there, you know, you're seeing all those attorneys and all those people. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of different cases and elements and... There's right. a lot more, like if you get a speeding ticket, it's pretty much, especially if the cop has you on dash cam or has the radar and mm -hmm. has proof, that's an open and closed case. But then if you go to some like the more serious crimes, like over at the CAC, then there's a lot more investigation goes into it. There's a lot more, more senior skilled attorneys that are able to Find find the facts or find the proof or or dig through the evidence and and try the case. Like those are a lot more. Kind of, that's your question. What does the what does the public not understand about your job or the King County Six? You know what 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 does the public not get about? Uh, one of the biggest things is people call us to file complaints or say like a. Hey, 
uh, my neighbor just stole my lawnmower. And then we got to explain to them, like, yes, we, we, our, our office or this office does prosecute the crime, but first you have to go to your local police department or the Kane County Sheriff's Office if you're un unincorporated in Kane County. And they do the investigative work, and if they feel a crime was committed within the Illinois statute, then it gets forwarded to us. And then it's our job. Well, my job is to, my job and then my support staff, the people that work, I always say people that work with me. I don't like saying people that work for me because right. we're all on the same team. People that, that work with me, we get all the information, get all the evidence or discovery, put it together, and we give it to our attorneys. And, like, and then they, they read through the reports, watch the videos. And nowadays, man, there's a lot of videos. They get body cam, dash cam, surveillance. Some people, almost everybody in Kane County has a ring doorbell nowadays. Right. So, and cops are getting more and more better at uh, collecting all that information because before when ring doorbells came out, a lot of cops, older cops, seasoned cops, didn't realize like, hey, that doorbell has a camera on it. You have to go back and get it. But now they're like, okay, it's 2020. Let's check everything. Houses everything have, is yep, a camera. Yep. Everything is a Houses camera. Houses have security cameras, ring doorbells, have everything. But the, yeah, so the biggest thing that they think that we're the circuit clerk's office, so they call us asking for court dates. They call us asking to pay fines. They call us to file complaints. They call us for everything. So like a one-stop shop, especially in the Elgin branch court, when they call that number, it goes directly to our office instead of going, I think that's the only phone in that part of the, of yeah. the city hall. So it all comes to us. So we got to redirect it to explain to them. So if anybody's listening, Circuit Clerk's Office, 630-232-37, wait, 13, I always forgot the number. See, I'm at work, I got it perfect, but now I don't. Well, but, they could Google it. Yeah, right? them, that office, if you need a court date, call them. You need to pay a fine, call them. For us, if you're a victim, if you're uh, a witness, then you can call us and our attorney that's assigned to it could possibly help you. But other than that, we don't talk to defendants. We get a lot of defendants calling us, asking us stuff, and we're like, we can't help you. Is this your first time running for city council? This is my second time. Second time? Yes. Okay. Uh, but how many votes did you miss it the first time? I think I got all, like 1,900 or 1,800. So you need around 2,300 votes to get elected in, to get okay. voted in. The average turnout the last average, that last turnout was 6,700 people out of 100,000 population. The voting turnout in Elgin is very low. Extremely yeah. low. And then cow. before that, the 2017 election, I think the lead, the, the highest vote getter was 7,000, maybe almost pushing 8,000 votes. So, and that was a non-mayor race. That was just four city council people. So in the, during the mayor race, it went down 2,000 votes almost. Why is participation so low in Elgin? I think the, the voting turnout so low is a lack of information. So when I ran in 2019, I was going, it was my first time, I was pretty much learning off the side of my hip. Like I didn't know anything, I didn't know anybody, nobody knew me. I went into the race late and uh, a lot of people were like, how do I find you? Or how do I get information about you or your opponents? Or how do I do this? Because a lot of people don't know there's local elections, or they don't care. They think voting for the president, and they're done for four years, and they yeah. come back in the November in four years, and like, hey, it's half for president again. But no, I feel that we need to put more emphasis on our local elections, because those hit you harder, and they hit you faster. So if the federal government puts a, a tax increase, say on a payroll tax or something, it may take a little bit to get to you, and sometimes you might not even see it because it'd be so minuscule, be pennies on your on your check. But if your city council says, like, "Hey, man, we gotta up the up the gas price, just make it three, four more cents a gallon," that's gonna hit you instantly. You're gonna see it right away, right? And you're gonna feel it because instead of paying twenty bucks to fill up your car, you're paying twenty five, thirty bucks. And you're like, "Oh man, what happened to the gas price?" So, so I feel that the local elections are just, if not more important than the federal elections. What will you bring to the Elgin City Council? So some of the things that uh, I made, I think two videos already on Facebook I posted already about transparency. 
Uh, right. I, I was watching actually yesterday. I was watching. I like to watch other towns and cities around Elgin to see what they're doing mm -hmm. within their city hall, and they were zooming Facebook Live in their finance committee talking about the 2021 budget. Right. And their aldermen were asking good questions of like, why is this department getting this much money, or why are they asking for this much money, and why is the personnel getting shifted from department to department and if this person now goes here, does this department get less? Like, they're asking the good questions. The main question people want to know, like, why is the budget so much within the, right. the city? Right. But in Elgin, there's not that much transparency that I've noticed. Like, they have their, they call them workshops, where they first get together and talk about um, the shortfalls they might have come in the next year or coming years, or where they're doing good in, and where they might have to take some kind of cuts or, or staff cutting or furloughs. But they, they have those workshops and meetings outside of venues that have video streaming services. So if you want to go and hear it firsthand, you have to go to the meeting and go mm. in person. Or you have to read the newspaper and whatever the newspaper reports, what the newspaper thinks is relevant and thinks that the viewer and reader should know, that's what the newspaper reports. So what I want to do is what kind of like what you guys are doing down here in Aurora. Make it more more accessible to people that may have to work or, or can't make it to the meeting or now with COVID where you can't have too many people within one meeting room or, or location. Right. And they can go and view it on their own time. Like right now people in Aurora could go today in the morning when they have time or tomorrow or the next week and watch that, that finance committee meeting to get an idea of where their tax dollars are going. And that's what I want to do. I want, what I want to advocate for is to have a little bit more transparency so they know that their money is being allocated to the resources and the parts of the city that need them. And that they know that we're not just nilly-willy spending the money of the people. That they know that the money is going to righteous places and, and, and going to resources that the city needs to thrive and the people that need to thrive. What has being a veteran uh, taught you or instilled in you that you feel can also help the city council and by extension the city of Elgin? So uh, in the Marines, they have like an acronym called uh, JJ Did Type Buckle. When I was a young Marine, I like, oh my God, acronym after acronym. And <laughs> then you got to remember which each letter stands for. But then now I'm like, oh man, some of the, some of those characteristic traits are actually pretty good, and I'm glad that I learned them. And uh, wh one of them is like lead by example. I I think leading by example is huge. I hate the leadership. Well, hate's a strong word. I dislike the leadership that when they say, hey, you go do this, but I'm gonna go they do this, and they contradict what you're telling the other person to do. Right. I'm never gonna do tell somebody to do something, or I don't. I'm never gonna ask. I always ask people to do, even if I need it done or they know I need it done. I'm always gonna say, "Can you please do this?" Mm -hmm. I do it at work all the time. Like I can show you my my text messages throughout the with the people I work with. And I'm like, "Can you please do this?" Or "Can you please go there?" I never tell them, "Hey, I need you to go here. I need you to do this." So I'm never gonna go tell or ask anybody to do something that I'm not willing to do. Word up. I'm not gonna go and tell the city management staff or ask them, hey man, I'm about to have shortfalls in 2021 in the budget, can you please take a pay cut without me taking a pay cut? Word, yeah. I'm not gonna go and, and, and tell some of the uh, clerks within City Hall, like, hey man, you about to get furloughed for a couple of days, a week now, instead of coming in five days, you're gonna come in two, and, and me continue to get a full paycheck. If people haven't seen you digging trenches, they don't know about digging trenches for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to be living by example. That's very true. And uh, very true. Another thing is is the ability to convince people. Because in the Marines, it's all all tact. You gotta be tactful when you talk to your superiors. You gotta mm -hmm. be able to get your point across to them without them thinking that you're trying to tell or ask them, or t uh, I keep saying tell, but tell or ask them how the way it should be. You gotta be able to get your point across in a way that you're talking with them to convince them. So it's like one of the examples that 
came was in was it last was it like yeah it was last year last fall in August. So I was advocating to help get a, a street in Algeria named after a, uh, a Marine I went to high school with, and then we ended up being deployed together in Afghanistan, and he ended up dying uh, or getting killed in a second deployment in Afghanistan. And I started the petition process. It was in March, April, April, May, around there, right. to get the signatures, to get the, get the honorary street name and the, his childhood street, and. Right before the council meeting to vote on it to approve, one of the council people came up to me and they're like, I just want to tell you I'm going to vote no. And I'm like, all right, man, I, I really appreciate you telling me. Like, I really appreciate you, but can you just please tell me why? And they said that they feel that would be a slippery slope. That if we start renaming this and renaming that, renaming this after people, then everybody's going to want to do it. I'm like, all right, I, I understand where you're coming from, but there's a merit behind this. Like, this is the first person within our armed services in Elgin that have been killed in action since 9-11. He's like, okay. I'm like, all right, do you have any family in your, in your, in your household or that are in the military? And he said, yeah, my, I think he said it was son or daughter. One of his kids is about to go to the Marines. I'm like, all right, man. I'm like, I was like, the, the Marine Corps is going to send you wherever they want to send you. You don't get to pick and choose where you want to go. Right. You go where they tell you. You could end up in Hawaii on the beach, or you could end up in Afghanistan throwing lead down, down range. So if the worst com scenario comes and something happens to your kid, which I hope never does happen to anybody's kid because it's, it's, it's traumatic for everybody, wouldn't you want to go outside your front door on your way to work and look up at the street sign on the corner where you live and see your son's name up there, knowing the city didn't forget him, knowing that you could see your kid's name up there enshrined on the city on the on the block he grew up on? Wouldn't you have a smile on your face if your wife went on the porch to have coffee or tea in the morning and sat there and stayed at, stared at your kid's name? Right. He's like, yeah. I'm like, think about it like that, man. I'm like, this is, this, is, this is for the family, but it's also, when people are driving on the street, they're gonna see Alex Martinez on there, and I'm like, who's, who's this guy? Why does he have a street named after him? Or honorary street placard on it for him? They start Googling him, and it keeps his spirit and his memory alive of the things he did for the country. So that's why I advocated for it so hard, and he ended up changing his vote. He voted yeah. And at the end, I thanked him. I'm like, dude, thank you. I'm like, thank you for not voting no. And thank you for listening, at least listening to me. Right. And hearing me out. Like, if you would vote a no still, I would have understood it. So you told me why. And you came up to me before the meeting and told me you were going to do it. Right. But thank you for listening and thank you for thinking about it. And that's one way of me, I guess you could say, persuading somebody to do for me do the right thing right for him it may not him may not have been the right thing at that time but he thought about it like yeah this, this would be the right thing because there are families out there because when i went to afghanistan we lost 25 guys mm -hmm. and i bet you all 25 families would love to have a street name whatever town they're from whatever town whatever street that the that marine grew up on they'd love to have that that their son or son's name on the corner so that's like one way, I guess you could say that the tact was there. I was tactfully talking to this council person, telling him like why I think and feel he should do this. Um, we're in COVID now, in the midst of the pandemic and everything. What was your experience canvassing, going to meet folks? So I've been uh, helping for this general election well, all right, let me go back. So in 2019, it was easy. It was like pre-COVID. You could knock on doors, talk to people. People were more willing to open it and talk to you face-to-face -face and interact. But now I've been, I guess you could say, the general election candidates of guinea pigs because we're doing stuff with them that if it works, we're going to push it over to a local election. Like, oh, this worked. So now it's all more phone banking or text messaging. Ugh. 
<laughs> Dude, I, I, get, I, I get a <laughs> right. lot all the time. The, they're like, hey, did you go vote? Or hey, make sure you vote for this person. And then my email is up. My guaranteed 20. If I check my emails right now, I probably got 20 of them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all, it's all right now I'm realizing is that you need to do the text message. You need to do the email. And you got to do the phone banking. And, right. the, and the way you get your face out there is you got to do the door hanging. So you know, there's really no more knocking on doors asking to speak to the voter. It's more putting your, your business card or your, or your literature, sticking it in the door, and then when they get home, whenever they open the door, they see it, they see it sitting there and they look at it. Guys, this is Anthony Ortiz running for city council. He wants transparency. He wants better infrastructure. He want, he's uh, an Elgin person, with, graduated from Larkin, this and that. And this is how I can contact him. Uh, Anthony or Anthony Ortiz ECC on Facebook. Those are like those are how I can contact the guy, and this is what he looks like. So if, we, if I see him walking through the street, then I can like, hey man, hey, are you Anthony? Yeah, and me, I got some questions. That's, you got my walk card. That's two voter interactions already. I left them the walk piece, and then they see me on the street, and then if they went and searched me on Google, or if they're Facebook, or went to my website, AnthonyFargent.com, then that's the third interaction. And I want to I want to be able to interact with people at least five times. Cuz by the fifth time you, you see them like Anthony, leave me alone, man. I'm going to vote for you. <laughs> Just, I got you. I got you. Right. I I got to know you. I know you're a fun guy. I know you're serious. I know you're dedicated and I and I know you're loyal to the city. And so from from my campaign, like you're saying, the interaction or the canvassing is going to be the, the electronic part the social media part the the dropping the lit at the door but not knocking on the door and hopefully the wind doesn't blow it away and they could see it um you and the city council um we're not no, uh, elections november 3rd the city council uh good luck to you what i want you to know that people ask about city councils a lot is why don't the services transmit to the little guy? Do you, do you, as a person who's not on it yet, have you ever felt like that, like they weren't doing enough for you living in the city, being a resident? Was, was it terrible? Because uh. you haven't, I say that because you haven't, like, attacked the city council at all. A lot of people sometimes attack the institution, like, oh, well, that's why they're not, they're not doing, you haven't said that they're doing bad. The, the thing is, the city council is doing a pretty decent job. And I want to be part of the winning team. And I want to help push the city forward. So if I, if, if I think they're doing something that is irresponsible or, or not for the people, I will call them out and be like, hey, man, like, or a council person or, or mayor. And like I said, attacked. I'm going to tactfully tell them, like, I don't think this is, a, this is the right move. Transparency could just yeah. be better and stronger. Yeah, like I don't think this is the right move. I don't. I think we should do it like this. Let's, let's hear me out. We could, because we may always disagree, but we could still stay friends, right? Or or, or 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 stay, stay strong. Have a strong work relationship. But once you start attacking each other, is when the when the the bounds and and the straps start breaking right and then you can't come back together you start burning the bridge you can't come back together so if you have a good idea like help push the city forward and then you just cause the fight with the mayor or you cause the fight with another council people bad moves yeah bad you, that good idea you have may never make it to the dais or make it to a city council meeting mm -hmm. so i don't like attacking people i'll never say anything bad about anybody but we can improve we can do some stuff better because I was just doing a pretty good job. The police department's doing a good job. The, the firefighters are doing a good job. The city staff are doing a good job. But I think I could bring a little bit extra, like I was talking about the transparency with the city budget meetings, something more to, to push the boundaries a little bit to excel the city forward and be more transparent and, be, and, 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 show, that we, and show that there's accountability. We want to hold every tax dollar accountable awards getting spent. We want to hold every council person, every, the mayor, count, city staff, we want to hold them accountable for what they do and how they do it and why they do it. And if the transparency is not there, 
and nobody's gonna know what's going on. It's like a secret society. Right. Interesting, man. Interesting. Um, the time is now 9.06 a.m. You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and we're sitting down with our friend, Mr. Anthony Ortiz, Anthony for Elgin. Accountability in government is not a nice-to-have, it's a must-have. That's why I'm voting for Tracy Miller for King County Board, District 4. As a mother and businesswoman, she understands the middle class. She's fighting to keep property taxes from going up and to keep us, the citizens, informed of what's taking place. I want a voice in county government that listens to me. That's why I'm voting Tracy Miller on November 3rd for King County Board, District 4. Paid for by Friends of Tracy Miller. Good morning, Aurora. I am Brenda Rogers, candidate for Kane County Recorder of Deeds. As your next Recorder of Deeds, I will protect our taxpayers' investment, bring awareness to the position, and do outreach to our residents and veterans. I am asking for your vote during early voting, mail-in ballot, or on November 3rd. Vote for Brenda Rogers, Kane County Recorder of Deeds, paid for by Citizens for Brenda Rogers. Uh, who's your opponent? Uh, it's not really, well, I guess you could say opponent, but it's, it's we're doing the same thing. It's, well, you guys have warders, so it's different. Mm-hmm. So now it's all citywide. Okay. So the top four vote getters are the ones that get in. Okay. So every council, we don't, they're, they're not all the men in Elgin, they're council people because they're not awarded. Right. And so they're all at large. So the top four vote getters are the top four to get in. Okay. And in 2019, the threshold was 2,500 votes, if I remember correctly. And then in 2017, the threshold was 2,300. Um, so, yeah. if you if you get around there when your vote count, then you have a strong possibility of making it onto the dais and representing your city. And how big is Elgin? I think it's thirty five, thirty three square miles. It's one hundred and ten thousand people as of a couple of years ago. It's like a, like the estimated census, but once it comes out from the twenty twenty, we're gonna know exactly how many people we have within our city. Right, they cut the census down early. I thought they, I thought they uh, ended up leaving it until the end. Did it? I don't know. I know you guys were beating us in the uh, census response. They were yeah, like, I'm at the tie between. I was, I man, I was like, man, I hope everybody gets out there because every person counts. Was it like uh, 1,500 bucks a person or something like that? Yeah. So it's good money for the city and good money for the state and the county. Like those, those census numbers really matter. They really matter because it brings more resources to our city to to fix roads and uh, redo infrastructure with technology and everything. It, that's one thing that I think the city could do too is because, you know, we, we were talking in the intro about uh, e-learning. And I don't know if you've ever been to Millennium Park in Chicago, but they have Wi-Fi there. Yeah. You can just go sit in the park and scroll through your phone or use their Wi-Fi. So I was thinking, I'm like, man, like if this e-learning goes on and it continues, we should try to do this in one of our parks downtown and see how it goes, like a little trial run. Right. And if people are worried that people start loitering, then we could do like, hey, come to City Hall, register, we'll give you a, a username, and just use that username and log in. It'll still be free, but now you have now we know who's using the Wi-Fi and we know if somebody's down there, they're registered at City Hall, like they're they're doing legit stuff. And uh, one person that I was telling that, that theory or that idea to, like, well, who's going to pay for it? Because in the end, it always comes down to who's paying for it. I'm like, dude, there's organizations out there. We have to find them, and they'll help pay for it, especially if it comes to a kid's education. Right. There are tons, probably tons of organizations, 501c3s, or just people that have really good hearts and want to give back to the youth. And we'll reach out to them and like, this is the idea we have. This is how we're going to do it. We come, the, we come with a full plan of how we're going to do it, what's it going to look like, who's going to affect, who's going to benefit. So when we go present these ideas to potential donors or sponsors, they know, like, hey, man, these people are serious. The city is serious. So we're going we're gonna to help them. What's Afghanistan like? It's a... Uh, 
It's a lot of uh, dirt. So when we first got there, so before we got there, the British were there. And the, and the British were there for, I think, like a couple of years in that town. And they were getting a lot of heat from their parliament, from their government, like, hey, man, we can't do it. We, well, they could do it, but they were getting, they were losing a lot of uh, their troops. There are a lot of troops, a lot of their troops are getting injured. So their people, their citizens are, like, telling their government, like, hey, man, you got to pull out. Like, we're losing too many. It's an unwinnable battle within they that time. They did it in 1830, so, or something like that. Yeah. yeah you know, so. It's, like, it's unwinnable. <laughs> they tried They're getting point. a lot of heat. It was like, yeah. it's kind of like Vietnam here. Like, the people were like, get out. Like, it's unwinnable. Right. So then, I guess, whoever's in the big people or the big wigs within that division of that oversees the entire Afghan region, they're like, all right, we'll send the Marines in. We did in World War II. They, they helped. They did the... the the Battle of Bella Wood in World War Two, knocked the, knocked the Germans yeah. back after the French. Were, were, that was World War One. Bella Wood. Was it World War One? That was that was World War One. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll do, I'll do, I'll double check my history. <laughs> I will, yeah, I will take know. you out if I'm wrong with that. But that was, uh, I believe, it was Bella Wood was the first engagement of Marines. Uh, That's when the French were were. Uh, get beat up pretty good and they're like hey man oh yeah gotta, yeah. gotta, gotta oh, send the, the marines in because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a couple army friends and i'm like they're like oh we were doing d-day and where were you guys at during d-day i'm like we're doing the real the real war over island hopping with got the japanese like yeah that's where the, that's where iwo jima so yeah. on so forth i'm like yeah. that's, that's where the real the people Pacific were at Theater. we had yep. our we had our navy and we had the marines all we needed that's right so if we had a little like friendly banter like oh we had d-day oh, well, we had island hopping <laughs> Right. Come at us, but uh, going back to Afghanistan, it was a, uh, it was it was a real life opening experience to see w- the way those people lived, like the way that community over there lived, was one hundred and eighty degrees different than the way Americans live here. Like a lot of times they don't have electricity; it goes in and out, or running water, or like when they say like a third world country, like when they say on the news, I was going up like, what is that like a, like how can I experience that? Like, how would I know what that actually means? Because we're so privileged here in the United States to have all these amenities and all these luxuries. And when you go over there and see these people thriving with the bare minimum, that's what also humbles you is like, man, these people can do it. They, they can survive with the bare minimum. And us Americans are still crying for more. We're very entitled people. But uh, yeah, over there is like, Every day, every day was a uh, adrenaline rush. Really, you were either getting shot at, or you getting radio calls over the radio that people need backup or, or, or support because half of their platoon hit an ID and like three have three guys down, so we have to go help them and get their guys back to base so they get uh, lifted out of the operation zone back to one of the uh, local hospitals or. Right. And, it's and local a, hospitals, we're talking field hospitals? Yeah, field hospitals where they pop up tents and they bring doctors in and they work on you there until they get you to Germany. Gotcha. Everything, everybody went to Germany that okay. I know of. And once they get to Germany, they they fix them. And if they can't fix them, they just send them to, back to Maryland. Right. And, uh, yeah, like, there, there was one, I remember, and one of my friends, he got shot. And the day before that, I seen the guy planting the IED. And I'm like, man. So I, I read it up, and I'm like, hey, we got, we, get, we got him. I'm sitting here watching him put this bomb in the ground. What do you say watching him? How are you watching him? So we were in like an outpost. It's called the, like the Sangawadi. It was like a dried up riverbed that we were using for logistics purposes to drive between different bases within that town. Right. And the... Well, the Taliban, they knew that we drove certain routes because you can see I see the tire tracks. We drove, this, we try to drive the same route to avoid IDs. IDs was the huge, the hugest, the biggest thing that was our enemy there. It wasn't really the fire. There was a lot of firefights. It was mostly the IDs, and uh, IDs are like homemade bombs. So if you step, it's like it has a little pressure plate. If you step on it, it blows up. Improvised explosive device. device. Or so there's most of them were pressure pressure plated. So if you step on it, it blows up. Or they had some that were uh, uh, CV. I think it's what they call it, CV. Where they put like a little chip in the bomb, 
and then somebody calls a number and it blows up kind of like you see on TV. Right, right. But with those, we were getting good. The the DOD was giving us like jammers that we put on our trucks and that some, some of the guys carrying like in backpack style for them. Right. So as we were patrolling, we'll turn the jammer on, so all radio frequencies would get cut besides ours. Right. So if you were next to us on a cell phone, the cell phone probably wouldn't work. Right. It was jamming your frequency. So that was helping with that, wasn't helping with the pressure plates. Gotcha. So when, when this, uh, his name was uh, Rusk, when he got shot, well, before he got shot, I seen the guy doing it. I'm like, man, we, like, we, we have to engage. So I was calling it up, and they're like, no. My superior was telling me no. I'm like, man, I was like, we have to. He's putting the bomb in. Somebody's going to get hurt. And they're telling me, no, don't do it, don't do it. So being being a subordinate, being being uh, the guy I didn't want to get in trouble, which I regret it. I really do. Uh, one, they get a lot of survivor's guilt. And one of the survivor's guilts I have is I should have disobeyed orders and shot the guy while he was doing it. Because... If I did that while he was doing it, the bomb wouldn't have been there because he was, it would still be laying outside the dirt and we could have went and got it. Right. And I should have did it. So the next day, a, a convoy goes through and they hit it and their truck gets blown up. So the guy, Rust, I got shot, he was the, 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 the dog handler. So he had to get out, uh, survey the area with, the, with his canine to make sure there was no other explosives in the area or anything and while he was doing that he got shot by a sniper so it was, it was pretty much a setup they're gonna blow up the first truck wait for people to start dismounting to start surveying the area and there's gonna be a sniper and start shooting right. and that's what happened he got shot so we had to go get him and bring him back into our into our thing and we were calling for air support and some of them some of I think who ended up? I think it was the Brits. The British ended up coming because some, somebody else said they couldn't come without an escort because they didn't want to get shot down. They were scared to get shot down. I think it was the Brits that showed up and they landed that helicopter in the middle of a firefight. Like those guys have some balls. Like, like when, when I was when we were there, like we were bantering with the British, like oh, the America's better, and like oh no, the Brits are better and. But those guys, man, those guys will land that helicopter anywhere. They were there. They were there for us. Those yeah. guys were there for us, and they, we put them on a helicopter. He ended up passing away, but if if, uh, if the if the British wouldn't have came, who knows who would have showed up? Like when they would have showed up, right? To at least get Rusk out of the out out of out of the fight and try to save him. And yep, the British came in the middle middle of a fight, and uh, they landed it. And they landed it in like they came in. I think it was a 40, 47, It was like a two two propeller helicopter. Right. And they landed it in a tight area. I mean, there's no way they're gonna put a helicopter in here. And those guys got it in there. Those pilots, man. Some of the, man, I make fun of the air wing. <laughs> some of my air wing guys, but those dudes. Well, I don't know if it, if it was a female pilot or a male pilot, but man, those pilots were they were on point that day, and. I have a lot of respect for those people. Um, I uh, I think I want to thank you for your service too, man. You know, oh, thank, thank you for yours. If you don't know, uh, Mr. Curtis was in the Navy. Yep. He was our Uber guy. <laughs> <laughs> the original Uber. <laughs> um, so, uh, when is when's the election? November 3rd. No, not the general. Yes. The, so general. the general election is November 3rd, next Tuesday. Make sure you go and vote. Make sure you vote all the way down the ballot. Right. If you don't know who the people are, you can go search them. Google is very accessible. But the local election is April 6, 2021. April 6th. Okay, 2021. And that's a very important election, so make sure everybody gets out and votes. April 6, 2021. Yes. All right, I'll make sure I write that down later. Um, all right, the time is now 9.19. You've been listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We've been glad to be joined by Mr. Anthony Ortiz, Anthony for Elgin. Um, so what's next for you? What you got coming up? Uh, so petition season is over November 16th. So I'm going to be the first one in line over there, you know. Okay. If, if uh, the way they put you on the ballot is the, in the order you turn yours in. So if you're the first one turning it in, you'll be the first name on top of the ballot okay. for, that, for that race. 
that's my plan is to be the first one there. Um, I have no fundraisers set up yet because who knows how COVID's going to go. But I'm guessing if it continues the way it is and there's uh, no remedy in sight in the near future, that it's going to probably be like Zoom or how they do nowadays for general, like like Zoom virtual fundraisers or yeah. So uh, hope hopefully some, something gets hap- something happens where it's safe and responsible to gather your friends and your supporters together and have them pitch in a few bucks to help you get over the edge because it's, it's community it's community effort right you can't run any campaign and you can't do anything by yourself it's got to be teamwork right if anybody says they can do it alone they're lying right nobody can do anything alone like look at you, you have your you have your partner over here helping helping with this oh yeah JB. oh yeah. yeah we you know you can't you can't do nothing alone it takes it takes a team you know two turntables on a microphone <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the uh I have, I have everything that get me going. I have my signs. I have my literature. I have my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Anthony Ortiz ECC. Hit me up. I like my page. I have a bunch of stuff on there. Oh, you also got the. You're on the gram too, aren't you? Yep, I got Instagram. It's uh, Anthony Four Elgin, but it's the number four, not the F O R E. And then my website is Anthony Four Elgin dot com, but that four is F O R. So Anthony F O R Elgin dot com. Uh, I want to say. Melissa Mendoza, powerful stuff. Thanks for sharing and thanks for your service. Um, yeah. Hello, Anthony from Brenda Rogers. Anthony will be a good councilman. Um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So a little bit of a little bit of shout out, a little bit of thanks, love. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> a little bit of community love for you. It, it takes it takes uh, some good questions from our hosts. Uh, get some of the good responses so it's not all me like I said it's teamwork. <laughs> teamwork if he wasn't, if wasn't here asking the questions then it wasn't it wouldn't be me uh here giving the good answers well I think good answers yeah because it's a biased opinion um no I uh I'm glad to have met you I met you back in the summertime when things were nice and the weather was nice and hot uh glad to have met you and glad to have been able to uh to get your story on you well, know thanks I, for reaching out and uh giving me the opportunity to uh voice what I want to do for Elgin and give a little background because like, like I was telling you the board turnout they say is no information so right with 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 your platform which I shared on, on uh, social media before we started it is uh is a good way like hopefully people see like hey he's he's doing this so maybe I can listen to it and see a little of his background and what he did what he wants to do and where the he thinks the city can go in the near future yeah and again I think uh you know what's what's important that is different from you is that you You've only won. You've only won uh, one little stickler, one little thing. Is that transparency could be better? That's it, really. You know. Uh, well, I also think that we could, cause with our infrastructure, like like I was talking about the Wi-Fi. Like, oh yeah, yeah. We need sure. some. We need better fiber optics, and because five G is the new, the way of the coming future. And from what I've seen and read, is Elgin buildings itself it's it's government buildings and it's local businesses downtown and within the city can't support that kind of data transfer Just i'm getting to it stuff <laughs> can't support the data transfer the, up, the, upload, the, the uploads and downloads so there could be a, a a firefighter on the scene it could be an officer on the scene and if we have the the better fiber optic networks and, and communication networks those officers can get in touch faster and data can communicate. The data can upload and download faster to their dispatch, say the officer needs help, and he radios to dispatch or he radios to a fellow officer with, that's around him within another beat. They can communicate faster and, and download information faster. So I think that uh, infrastructure could be another another way that we could push and progress the city into the let's say 21st century. but. In the 2021, 2030, in the future. Right. Um, The show ends on a positive note. What is your message to the people? Oh, wait, hold on. First of all, I'm from out of town. I'm coming into Elgin. I'm looking for a good place to eat. Where should a brother go? So we got a good sushi spot. Are you a sushi guy? I could be. All right. So there's a good sushi spot downtown Elgin. It's on Grove. It's called uh, Cabo's. Okay. So, you get, so if you're a sushi person, you go there. If you're a pizza person, you go to Danny's Pizza on Douglas. Okay. On Douglas and Kimball Street, next to the police station. Okay. 
That's a good, a good pizza spot. We can get a good, good burger spot. Hmm. They're Burger King? I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get that Whopper. <laughs> uh, we could get a good, good cheeseburger. Hmm. Oh, I know where they had good, good uh, Italian beefs. There's a place called Jester's. It's on the northwest side of the city. Okay. It's over on McLean Boulevard by Big Timber Road. And you, if you get Italian beef there, I promise you. Worth, worth your money. Worth okay. Your money. And Just they're not paying me for that advertisement. Nobody was. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Jester. So I'm going to keep that in mind. Now, the show ends on a positive note. What's your message to the people of Elgin today? Today. So, Elgin's a great city to grow up and raise a family. Crime rate's low. Uh, the community is awesome. There's different cultures there. You can learn from everybody. We have our Hispanics, we have our African Americans, we have our Asian people. Mm-hmm. We have our our Europeans there. Like we have like a like a pot of culture that if you drive from one part of the town, you could get his uh, Hispanic food. You go to the other part of the town, you get African American food, soul food. You go to another part, you get Asian cuisines. And it's like, it's a great place to raise a family because you can get a little bit of everything there. And I think that our government is doing good. It could do better. So you know you're not going to have tons of scandals, tons of corruption. Mm -hmm. We have good government. We have good people in charge. But it still lacks a few of the ideas that I think can help push the city forward. And some of those ideas are beneficial to the residents of Elgin, to the community of Elgin. Okay. And make sure, that I'm not gonna pay for this either, make sure you go to Wing Park in Elgin and go check out that drive through for Halloween. It goes until November 2nd. And that thing is cool. I really think that was a good idea for the city to do that. And I also know Britain's uh, car wash in Elgin is doing like a little drive through thing as you get your car washed. They have a little Halloween thing there. So make sure you take your kids to that if you like the one you get car wash anytime soon. But those those are cool things to do this weekend with your kids and or with yourself if you're a Halloween person and you can't do the Nightmare on Chicago Street this year. Very cool. So. Yeah, that's, Elgin's a great place. I would, I'm very loyal to my city. Like I have said once before that uh, a lot of people say they love, like I love you or I love this or I love that. But love comes and goes, love's an emotion, right? You can love somebody one minute and be very faithful to them. But if they backstab you or do something that you don't like, do you still love them as much? No, oh yeah, no I- But I, if you're yeah. loyal to somebody, or loyal to something, or, or loyal to a city, that loyalty stays forever. You're right. always loyal. Loyalty doesn't go away. That's ingrained in you. Right. Yeah, love does. There's Lo- people I love that I hate them now. <laughs> <laughs> love, love is an emotion, man. But lo- loyalty is a trait. Loyalty is your character. Right. Because you may bicker and fight and whatever, but you'll never turn your back on your community that raised you. You never turn your back on an institution that gave you education, like Elgin Community College, and you never turn your back on the people that you grew up with, like all my friends that still live in Elgin, and all the people that were older than me that helped guide me to stay away from gangs or stay away from drugs or stuff like that. Like, I'm loyal to that city because that city made me the person that I am, and I'm always loyal to the Marines because they continued to educate me and instill discipline and I'm loyal to my educational system because they, they took all the swear words out of my vocabulary, gave me better ways and bigger words to say that made me seem, make, make, make me a better person. Because when I was in the Marines, I don't know if when you got in the Navy, I used to cuss oh, a lot. A man. lot. Like a every lot. other word was a cuss word. And I'm like, man, I'm about to have a daughter. I can't be talking like this. Right. Because if I talk like this, she's going to talk like this. And like I was telling you at the beginning, we marry each other. 
can't talk like this with, with an eight-year-old in the house. You crazy? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. So I changed my vocabulary a lot, and so I'm I'm loyal to all those people and all those institutions and organizations that uh that gave me an opportunity and gave me uh, life lessons. Continue to shape and mold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you gotta stay like Plato. You gotta continue forming to your environment and. And constantly evolve to change because change constantly happens. And if you once you become that hard piece of Play-Doh and you can't change and mold to your environment, then maybe it's time for you to step aside and let somebody else come in. And I'm willing to do that. If I get to a point where I know that I can no longer progress and do what I'm doing, I'll let the person behind me and I'll help pull them up and be like, "This is what I did, and this is what my this is what my plateau is at. This is what my, the brick wall that I hit." Let's see if you have the ideas and the charisma to break that wall down like you did in Berlin and continue the progress. That's right. Shout out to the crushing of the Berlin Wall. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the unification of Germany. The reunification. Um, man, this is a good history on this show today. I'm loving yeah. it, bro. I didn't know I was <laughs> so, so in, into, I, into I gotta the history. Bella Wood. I got to do that. My homework on Bella Wood. Anyway, uh, this has been a great conversation. Uh, with Anthony Ortiz. Don't forget, it's still Domestic Violence Awareness and Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so donate, volunteer, help out if you can. Two great organizations. One of them is Mutual Ground. The other one is Healing to Healthy, our friends Susan May Romano and Amy Downing. Other than that, on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, we want to thank Anthony for coming through. We appreciate you, brother, and we hope that you have a good rest of the day, and tune in tomorrow for another great interview. Peace. You guys say peace today.